0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me, as always, is Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Emma Beckerley. Emma, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today?
1: Doing really well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored to be here.
0: For some of the projects you're working on, is it medical space, the recreational space? Take us through some of the differences.
1: Sure. So... It's a bit of everything, which is which is the way I like it. I'm I uh, I need very high stimuli <laughs> and a lot of intensity. So I'm in I'm I have clients actually in the adult use space. I have um, clients that are focused on the medical space in cannabis specifically. So and then in the psychedelic space, I am squarely focused on. The research, biotech, and like the drug trial, mental health space for psychedelics. So I'd say psychedelics is very much skewed towards the clinical research, medical side of things. Whereas cannabis historically has actually been very adult use focused. But my clients in cannabis um, actually have been mostly adult use. So one of my favorite clients, House of Puff. I know Christina Lopez was on the podcast uh, wow. eight months ago. <laughs> yeah. So, so now, while House of Puff is not a licensed entity in cannabis, they are an ancillary brand. They're Latino women run, and they're phenomenal. So, what I do is I kind of come in as a fractional executive for businesses that are looking to grow, but may not be able to command the salary requirements or, or essentially put out the salaries that they need to bring in some of this talent. So, for me, coming in with House of Puff running business development helping them develop partnerships in the markets that they're growing that's a really fun project very much focused on the adult use and also beyond because we don't have to just sell to cannabis businesses we can sell to retailers hotels etc and then i am working on a medically focused project in cannabis which i love and again very near and dear to my heart because I have benefited medically, both mental health and physically from cannabis. And so this one, it's called Acute on Chronic. It's a nursing education platform. And so they partner with dispensaries and bud tenders, as well as hospitals and doctors and do education on the endocannabinoid system and are working with patients actually to provide recommendations about whatever they're trying to solve for.
0: Obviously, New York is taking their their time.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, I
0: want to know, in your opinion... A, are they doing well? And B, can you fix it?
1: So look, what I will say is, so New York is my place. It's my home. And I have been disappointed. I have been really disappointed in the rollout because just as a patient, right? Like I want access to to cannabis. I want people to have more access to cannabis. And the longer this takes, obviously the longer the illegal illicit market continues to proliferate. So the reality is, is that like, no, it's not been a success at all. And I'm disappointed in how it's gone. I think we are sacrificing good for perfect in a lot of ways. But I also think that there is a lot of... It's all... There's all good intention, right? And I will say is that I I work with and speak with a lot of these licensees, prospective licensees, and they're incredible, incredible human beings. And so for me when i think about the slowness of the new york rollout and let's be let's be clear new jersey's also got its issues too right so like <laughs> so it's not we're we're nothing's perfect but new york in terms of how slow it's gone it's really, really going to hurt the licensees the most and the patients. And so that's what's really frustrating for me.
0: One of the challenges also is like the line between medical and recreational is like so thin. And I only hope that over time, maybe we can accelerate research as well so that we can really uncover some of these medicinal benefits. So from your standpoint, are we keeping up to where we need to with research or is there ways you think we can do a better job?
1: No, we are not. (laughs) Um, And I, I will say the United States, as it relates to cannabis research, Is trailing like we may never be able to catch up. And the thing is, is that the United States has historically we've led the way. We've we've led we've set pace when it comes to scientific research, to drug development, et cetera. And when it comes to cannabis, we are still very very behind the times. So if you look at Israel, you look at even Australia, there's amazing work being done in and around cannabis, and the United States is far far behind. And actually, one of the reasons for that is if you look. And it's gotten better over the last two years. But up until the last few years, there was one DEA approved cultivator in the country that could provide cannabis for research purposes. That was the University of Mississippi. And if you know anything about what that cannabis was and is that's coming out of there, not to be a jerk, but it's trash. And any of the research scientists that have been working with it and have tested it, will say that, <laughs> and it's, it's published. You can find this online. This isn't secret. And so the reality is, is that when we're talking about research trials, right? And so, for example, uh, Dr. Sue Sisley, who is with the um, Scottsdale Research Institute, she is a pioneer. She actually sued the DEA and won. She's a badass. And so I, I encourage all the listeners, if you've not heard of Dr. Sue Sisley, to do a little Google and check her out. Um, there's a lot on there.
0: Let's she- slightly switch gears to a uh, rapid fire.
1: Oh yeah, okay. Oh gosh, okay.
0: True or false, all drugs should be researched for medicinal purposes.
1: Well, I'm all about research. My worry is when I say all is that there's a prioritization <laughs> issue. <laughs> so, so I I want to research everything. I would love to have everything be researched. Also, like there's so many amazing botanicals that we never even talk about that should be researched. There's also Um, like things like kava that are now like blatantly on the market and kratom and all this stuff that like is just out there because it's just not regulated that I think is problematic. and needs to be researched. So yes, I think everything should be researched. I think every plant that exists probably has some level of medicinal capacity. If we had the time to research it, I don't like all statements, but I would say true.
0: You'll not (laughs) like this next one. True or false. All drugs (laughs) should be legalized for adult use.
1: I, okay, so this, I don't know. This might be an unpopular. Uh, <laughs> I said earlier, You're I'm a decrim a, girl. girl. My thing is that I think that people should not be put in prison for taking anything, for putting, like making decisions. And, and again, it's like, I won't go into like the pro-choice thing, but in general, I need the government to get out of our bodies. Like stay away. I'm not into it. However, do I think that there should be cocaine dispensaries? Uh, probably not. You know, Um, so I think that it's really on the user side that I do think that everything should be decriminalized. We should not be penalizing people for medicating themselves in whatever capacity that they should. I think that there's probably a difference in a fentanyl dealer versus a legacy cannabis or mushroom dealer. Those are two very different things in my opinion. And I do think that somebody that is selling fentanyl and stuff like that, yeah, throw those guys in prison. I don't care.
0: Under the radar portion of the cannabis industry, you think more entrepreneurs are overlooking.
1: I mean, I think there's a lot of amazing use for hemp. This is like a Merida Capital thing with the hempcrete. (laughs) So so like, I'm not going to lie, like the boring sides of like that, like, because that's the reality is that like right now, like it's sexy to have a dispensary and a cultivation and create a brand and all that stuff. But like the boring stuff is how you make like long-term money.
0: Dream smoking session, three people dead or alive.
1: Okay, love this one. So Ben Franklin. (laughs) I definitely want to smoke some weed with Ben Franklin. Um, He's got some sick quotes. So it's Ben Franklin, Vincent Van Gogh. They're all going to be dead. Because like I'll meet the guys that I want to have lunch with, hopefully, um, or, gals. or gals, or gals, yeah. Also, for what it's worth, bro, guys, all that stuff. I just it's non-gender. <laughs> I call everyone bro, and so it's Ben Franklin, Vincent Van Gogh, and Anthony Bourdain.
0: Most commonly heard psychedelic myth or assumption that you hear about that is absolutely false.
1: Um, when you take psilocybin, you jump off buildings, and or like the idea that you are going to take these... Okay, actually, no, there's two. So there's one where it's like the mushroom jumping off the building kind of thing. But then the second thing I would say is that this is probably more of an internal industry thing. But like, if you're an asshole and you take psychedelics, I don't think that it's going to make you not an asshole.
0: You could sum up your experience in a main takeaway or lesson learned to pass on to the next generation. What would it be?
1: Yeah, I would say follow your intuition. And do not let the world influence you out of what you want to be focusing on. The example is personal, which is from the early days, I knew I wanted to write. I knew I wanted to focus on mental health. And I knew I wanted to focus on drugs before I even got to high school. I got mishmashed along the way. I got distracted. Um, and so I think you, as a child, now I'm talking to ten year olds. I don't know if they talk, they watch your, but like I think about my eleven year old self all the time. And so this is this would be my advice is, and kids kids are actually wise as hell because they're not effed by society's stupid rules. And so think about what you wanted to do at ten and eleven, and would your eleven year old self be proud of what you're doing now? That I think is something that I I consider a lot. I I know my eleven year self. For
0: our listeners, they want to get in touch. They want to learn more. Where can they find you?
1: So if you Google me, um, there's like my Instagram. I'm, I'm easily to find on the internet, but LinkedIn is fine. I've got a website, aboperformance.com. And it comes up if you Google me. I'm on Twitter, Instagram. So reach out if you're interested in chatting. Uh, aboperformance.com. I've got like a little email thing that you can reach out to.
0: Well, will got all the show notes. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for taking the time. Guys, if you've enjoyed this podcast over the last few years, can you please take three minutes or less and leave us a quick review on Apple or Spotify? All reviews make a massive difference for us and help other people like you find this podcast. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you.